0: This episode of Red or Dead is sponsored by Sadie by Courtney Summers from Macmillan Audio. A Missing Girl on a Journey of Revenge and a serial-like podcast following the clues she's left behind. Sadie explores the death of a sister's love and is poised to be the next story listeners won't be able to pause. The Sadie audiobook is an innovative production featuring more than 30 voices, and they've collaborated with the author Wednesday Books, uh, the print book publisher, and Macmillan Podcast to create The Girls, a serialized young adult fiction podcast based off of Sadie, available for download now. You can start listening at McMillanAudio.com slash Sadie. Welcome
1: to Red or Dead, a bi weekly podcast where we talk about the world of mysteries and thrillers. This is episode 33, and we're recording on Wednesday, August 29th. I'm Katie McLean along with Rincy Abraham, and we're coming to you from Book Riot. Hi, Katie. Hi, Rincy. How are you?
0: I'm good. I was just talking to you. Obviously, you know this, but you know the listeners don't. We were just talking offline, I suppose, um, about how excited I am that it's Labor Day weekend because I very much need a three-day weekend.
1: Oh, don't we all? I was, you know, before I got settled into the little office space in my apartment, and I caught it. I caught a glimpse of myself in the mirror, and I was just like, I look rough today. (laughs) I need. (laughs) I need a I need a I need a recharging weekend. Holy cow.
0: Yeah, for real. Same. I'm just yeah, just very tired and uh very much I'm looking forward to sleeping in. Yeah. And hopefully reading some books.
1: Yes, yes, I am looking forward to that too. Because this is this is one of the few weekends we've had recently. uh, We, as in Blaine and I, where we haven't had to, you know, had any plans or things to do or places to be. So we're trying to like take advantage of that as much as possible. So I'm hoping that at least maybe on Saturday we can just dedicate that day to just like okay, we are going to sit here like like bumps on a log.
0: Yes, I'm into that. I might take a similar path as well.
1: You can join us. We'll we'll be three bumps on a log.
0: (laughs) There's a show title.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Write that one down. Oh, this is going to be good. Okay. Before we get into uh, this this week's episode, uh, I wanted to mention that Book Riot is putting out its annual fall reader survey um, that is uh, that should be that's going live, and it's basically just a survey to ask uh, Book Riot readers and listeners for info on your bookish lives and your reading habits. It's just a fun way to. To see what, um, where uh, all the different all the different reading habits and stuff of of the diverse group of people that that read our articles and listen to our podcasts, um, and you can access the survey at bookriot dot com slash fall survey, and so we hope that you will uh, you'll partake in that. I've done that before. It's 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 pretty interesting to see the results. Um, And then as far as this podcast goes, if you are joining us for the first time, welcome. We love, we love, I was going to say, we love new blood. And I'm like, ah, (laughs) I'm like, oh gosh, this is... I'm going to be punchy this episode. Um
0: it's okay. Look. I think I think we're all okay with that.
1: All right. All right. We're 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 just going to be silly today. Um so yeah, we talk about mysteries and suspense and related TV shows and movies and adaptations and true crime and all sorts of things in between. So there's a little bit a little bit of everything that goes that goes on here. And as always, as has become our habit, we um, we always put out a call at the beginning of the episode. Anyone who is listening, if you have any ideas or topics for upcoming episodes that you think would be interesting for us to cover, stuff we have we haven't touched on yet. Um, if you're if so, we've we've had people write in about reading recommendations um, or you know kind of talk about subgenres or uh, interesting things that are happening in the in the news for. Uh, mystery and sus- suspense related topics, anything like that, um, hit us up, we'll have our contact information at the end of the show. But we always love hearing new ideas from people it helps us come up with with show ideas if the wells run in a little dry. Um, but it's, re- it's really interesting. And it makes sure that we uh, that we that we get to touch on on a bunch of different interesting things on the show. So make sure to uh, keep that in mind. And then I guess speaking of news related stuff, it's it's been a slow couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, there hasn't been a whole lot, which is surprising because usually there's like some sort of adaptation news or something along those lines. But I was recently listening to like the main Book Riot podcast and they were basically saying like it's August and like publishing shuts down and there isn't a whole lot of news that comes out in the month of August. So this is sort of like the slow period before like the fall book season really picks up. So it might be that. <laughs> so yeah, we'll see we'll see
1: how September pans out. Um I uh, I definitely did want to point out um early on in the in the uh this in this show we or in And in an early episode, we talked about American Vandal season one, which uh, uh, was which is on Netflix. If you haven't seen it yet, please do. It's hilarious. It's a mockumentary in a serial uh, in a like a serial podcast or like a true crime mockumentary about a group of high school students that are trying (laughs) to figure out who drew a bunch who spray painted a bunch of male genitalia on the teacher's cars in the school parking lot, and it's hilarious, and it's supremely well done, and it's fantastic, and I've gotten so many people I know hooked on that show. Well, American Vandal Season 2 has just released a the first trailer for the upcoming for the upcoming season it features the same the same students who made the who who made the documentary from season one, which I was interested to see. I wasn't sure if it was going to be like an American horror story kind of thing where it's just totally different like anthologies um, each season um I will not go into details about the the trailer. I will say um. It's it's quite uh shall we say scatological.
0: <laughs> That's a great word for that.
1: We're just going to we're just going to use that. And you yeah,
0: you watch the trailer at your own risk. <laughs> yeah, I would say like maybe don't watch it while you're in, eating. Yeah, or <laughs> even like in public, like if you're in a place where other people can see your screen, you know, maybe just wait till you get home or something. It's not like
1: Okay, look,
0: I-, I mean, I was like, it's not like super inappropriate, but it's just like, kind of gross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: So, um, yeah, watch the trailer, then tell us what you think.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I am, I don't know, I. it's hard to say anything based on a trailer, but I'm definitely intrigued to see sort of how it holds up compared to season one, because season one was really, really well done.
1: Yeah, really like sh- I was so surprised. Not necessarily that it was w- that I mean, I knew it would it would be well done. I was surprised at how well done it was and like it had like it ended up having a lot of heart to it. Yeah. And it it yeah, season 1 was awesome. So if you've seen season 1, you probably I'm you probably know exactly what we're talking about. If you haven't seen season 1, like I said, you got to go watch it.
0: Yeah, and I think that if you haven't checked it out yet and you're not sure if it's for you, if you watch, like, the first episode, it does a pretty good job of, like, setting the tone for what the show is like. But I think, like, I don't know. I think that if you like any sort of true crimey type of thing, like, I don't know how you can't like this show because it does – it. it's just such a great take on, like, what the true crime genre has, like, become and is, like, to watch.
1: Yeah. Um, and then – This is, and I was going to say to just awkwardly segue into the next bit, Um, we don't have a news uh, item for this, but the Sharp Objects finale was last weekend, and I will not give spoilers in case you have not seen the show or read the book. You should do both, but holy cow, that was an amazing Adaptation. I was just blown away at how well they did with that.
0: Yeah, I didn't watch the adaptation because I'm terrible at watching things these days. But um, one of my coworkers was watching it, and so she basically came up to me like after the first two episodes had dropped, and was like, "Have you seen? Are you watching this?" And I was like, "No," but I've read the book. And so every week she would come up to me and ask me a bunch of questions, <laughs> and so like it was really. Funny for me but frustrating for her because clear like I know what happens in the end and there's no way to really talk about the ending or like she would ask me questions about the the ending and I would be like, I can't really answer that. Like a part of me is like sometimes I would be like, Well, I could answer she would ask me certain questions like, Does this person live? And I would tell her, No, like he survives, things like that. <laughs> but like she would ask me specific questions about like the family, and I'm like I don't know how much information you know yet. I don't know if I should say anything yet. <laughs> and so I basically just told her, the like, the only thing I told her really was, like, just make sure you keep watching the episode until you are for sure, you know for a fact that it's moved on to the next thing that HBO is playing. Because, like, yeah, you have to watch it all the way to the end. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's... <sighs> And, and I, mean, I know, Rincey, I mentioned this to you when we were offline, but um, again, you know, as someone who has read the book multiple times, Sharp Objects is, is my favorite Gillian Flynn novel. Um, it is, it's so brutal, it's so nasty, and it's just so, that the ending of Sharp Objects is just, is just mind-blowing. And I, and so I knew watching the show what the ending was going to be, and... It still managed to have me screaming at the TV when it when it ended. Like I was on the floor, like just kind of like beating my fists on the floor, going, Are you kidding me? And Blaine was laughing at me. And the next day he's texting he, he's texting me gifts from the show. He's like, when you have to be at work on a Monday, but you can't stop thinking about the about the last episode of Sharp Objects, I'm like, ah! <laughs> and then he, he was texting me, and and I was telling him, I'm like, oh, I've got my I've got my appointment with my therapist this week. I'll have something to talk about this week. <laughs> it's like that episode. Oh my god! Um, but yeah, I just I loved it so much. I they just they nailed it, it. The 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 I mean, it's it's a it's a mystery. It's a it's psychological suspense, but it's just a such a nasty slow burn character drama they just they nailed the feel of of the book in the show perfectly patricia clarkson as 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 the mother is she was she was brilliant amy adams was brilliant um and for the life of me i can't remember the name of the actress who plays amma um the thirteen-year-old sister. She was brilliant. She was beyond brilliant. She she like just completely made the show for me. But everything that they did, they it just had, it it, it just captured that that essence that Gillian Flynn is able to write so well. Like that this community of women and the nasty undercurrents that are just below there's just like this veneer of you know shiny put togetherness and just but just below the surface there's all this nastiness that's just threatening to boil over and they they just did it so incredibly well i am so excited and then i saw someone on twitter they said you know hbo should get these same people to to adapt in the woods by tana oh. french i went <gasps> oh and i know there's an adaptation that's already that's that's already um that we that we mentioned uh before um but yeah that that would just be
0: amazing oh man and how they got my hopes up and i know this <sighs> bbc adaptation probably will not live up to that
1: oh i'm sorry <laughs> I'll, i don't know who it was on twitter who said that but i'll blame them because that yeah. i was just like oh that would be perfect
0: that would be so great. Um, And one thing to note, in case anyone was wondering, they've already said that they are not expanding the show past what was there. Air- like it's going to stay a miniseries like Big Little Lies. Um, you Although know, that went into it. a se- second season. Yeah, it went into a second season and is like going beyond the books. And like Had Meant's Tale is doing the same thing where it's going beyond the book. Um, but they said like for a fact that Sharp Objects is just staying as a miniseries, which made me very happy.
1: Yeah, I yeah, I understand the the push to expand, especially if something especially if something is done well, but this is one of those things that is
0: it's it's perfect as it is. Just let it be. Yeah, agreed. All, All right. right. Um, so I have our first sponsor for the episode, and that is Trust Me by Hank Philippi Ryan, and that comes to us from Forge Books. An accused killer insists she is innocent of a heinous murder. A grieving journalist surfaces from the wreckage of her shattered life. Their unlikely alliance leads to a dangerous cat and mouse game that will leave you breathless. Who can you trust when you can't trust yourself? Trust Me is the chilling standalone novel of psychological suspense and manipulation that award-winning author and renowned investigative reporter Hank Philippi was born to write. Um, so again, this is a standalone novel and it's, Described as perfect for fans of Gillian Flynn, speaking of which, (laughs) and Mary Kubica, Um, Hank Philippi Ryan is an award-winning investigative reporter and has won and been nominated for a number of awards, including the Mary Higgins Clark Award, the Agatha Christie Award. Um, And yeah, if you are a fan of psychological suspense novels, then you can pick up Trust Me by Hank Philippi Ryan. All right. So
1: for this episode, and uh, Rinsey suggested this this, epi- this episode's uh, theme, and it's is it August that's Women in yeah. Translation Month? Okay. Um, so August is apparently Women in Translation Month, and this episode is going live on the exact last day of August. So <laughs>
0: we're really great go. at timing. <laughs>
1: yes um so but that i mean that being said this that i thought that was a really cool um that was a really it was a really cool idea to talk about with um with some of these authors And we've talked about a few um a few authors in translation a few uh women authors in translation on previous episodes but um but yeah i thought yeah i thought it was a cool idea for us each to pick a different author so um so, why don't you tell me about yours? Because I have never heard of this author before?
0: Yeah. I had never heard of this author before either. But um there is this, like relatively small um publisher named Corcus Books. They, I believe, started out in the u k. and now they publish in the u s as well. And they focus on uh, publishing books in translation. And so they've basically just sent me random things at this point because I'm always down for books and translation. Um, and so this is a French uh, crime novel. I should probably tell you the title. It's called Stick Together by Sophie Hinaf. Um So, yes, this is a basically like a French crime novel. This is actually the second book in the series. The first book is called Awkward Squad. And so I haven't read the first book. um, And then they sent me this one, and then I realized it was the second book in a series. And then I also realized while I was reading this book that this book doesn't come out in the US until April 2019. So I apologize in advance. (laughs) But you can pick up Awkward Squad now because I really, really enjoyed this book a lot. Um, There's a quote on the back of this book that says, it's like, uh, French noir with a sh- sh- sly smile. Wow, I had a hard time saying that. Um, and that's kind of what it feels like. Like it's it's a very lighthearted mystery. Like it's not cozy mystery lighthearted, but there's like a lot of moments in here that like made me smile and laugh just because this story is about this group of this, or like this group of like five people or so um, who are this very specific um crew in this police squad and they're called the awkward squad because they're all basically like the rejects um like they like one of them has a gambling disorder one of them is like just doesn't know how to interact with other people like he's like actually awkward um one of them is basically like a hacker type of guy and so he doesn't have like social awareness like that sort of stereotype um they also get assigned a lot of cases that make people not like them so they end up doing a lot of cases where they're like looking for corrupt cops and stuff like that but it's just like a really fun mystery so in this one um the group is basically called together because like the main detective uh whose name is ann Capistan, um she gets called to a crime scene and she's trying to figure out why she's called to the crime scene. And it turns out that the guy who was uh, killed is a police officer, but also her ex-husband's father. So her like ex-father-in-law, I suppose. Um, And so it's about them sort of looking into this murder. And like, she had a very terrible, she and her husband both had very terrible relationships with this man. And so like, it's partially like, figuring out what's going on here, but they're also partially using her to try to see if they can get more information out of the sun and things like that. Um, but yeah, I, this is an author and a person I've never, or not person, an author and a book that I've never heard of before. And it was just really, really delightful. Like I was expecting it to be kind of like French noirie, so I expected it to be very much like brooding and dark and like I started this yes or not yesterday a couple of days ago and it was like raining outside and I was like oh this is like the perfect sort of atmosphere for this book but then I started reading it and there are like a lot of parts that made me laugh um like there's a scene in here where they are trying to come up with like a composite like a witness composite um so the guy's like trying to tell this other person in the squad like what someone look like and because they are basically this group of misfits they don't get funding and they don't get like the proper equipment to do like uh, witness sketches and so they're making the witness sketch in the composite in World of Warcraft. <laughs> Which is, like, just this, like, super random thing. And then, like, the computer hacker guy who has, like, no sense of anything starts using the characters, like, the witnesses as characters in his (laughs) game that he's playing. (laughs) Like, it's just, like, stuff like that. And, like, another scene with the hacker that, like, made me laugh a lot is that, like, he's going in and they're going in without permission to look up like, receipts for all of this stuff because, like, the murderer ordered something online. And, like, he didn't really cover his tracks. And so the main uh, person, Anne, is basically, like, you know, when you're hacking stuff, make sure you clean up after yourself when you're done and make sure no one knows that you were there. And so he's like, okay. And he writes on a Post-it note, don't leave behind illegal activity, and sticks it to his computer. (laughs) And then in, like, in a future scene, he... they like mention it that like he's on the computer hacking and he like glances over at the post and then he's like oh right and then he like goes back (laughs) it's just like little things like that that just like make you laugh like there are all these like really fun quirky things that happen just because like this is an awkward group of people and yeah it's like making me it's like just really fun like it kind of reminds me of the tv show bones not in like the types of like investigations or anything like that but just sort of in the way that it's a crime show that also has like a significant amount of levity to it and like these really awkward but sort of lovable gang of characters that like really help propel the story along um so yeah I'm really enjoying it. And I highly recommend checking this out. Again, I read Stick Together by Sophie Hanaf, but this one isn't out until next year. So I will be sure that in April I will be mentioning this again. Um, but yeah, if you want to check out this author, the first book is called Awkward Squad. Um, and I there will be a link to uh, this in the show notes if you want to check it out. The first thing that popped into my head when,
1: or as you were talking about it, I'm like, I feel like this is like French noir meets hot fuzz. <laughs>
0: That actually is probably a good – yeah, it probably is kind of like French noir hot fuzz. Like that probably is a really good pitch for this book because it has that – like it's not quite as silly and out there as hot fuzz. Right. But it has that same sort of levity while still like solving crimes because yeah. like they they still are taking like this murder like thing, ver- investigation very seriously. So it isn't like they're being like super silly about the way that they're investigating all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it it ha- it's just – funny like about that that sounds like the
1: that sounds like the exactly the type of book that i need to read right now because i mean I just realized that, or not just realized, I've recently realized that all of my reading recently has been super dark, like to the point where it's bothering me. Um, <laughs> so that's saying something. And that sounds like that would be like the perfect thing to kind of break up all this darkness. Um, that being said, I'm going to talk about my book, which, um, which I have not finished yet, but I, I am enjoying. But yeah, it's really dark. Um, it's The Legacy by Ursa Sigurd, our daughter, who, um, I'm very grateful. The first book of hers that I read, um, there is a pronunciation, uh, uh, aid at the back of the book in her, uh, in her author biography. That's smart. So, yes. Um, so I was really happy that I'm like, oh my gosh, I can say her name now without without sounding like a like an idiot. Um, but she is an Icelandic crime writer, and she has um, she has a semi long running series, um, and I Thora Gunnman's daughter. Goodman, Thora Goodman's daughter is the is the main character from her from her main series, and she has some standalone novels as well. Um, but this is the the this uh, first book is called The Legacy, and it's the first in a new series. Um, and it involves uh, with a psychologist and a police officer, and it's it's um, it's a murder mystery, clearly. Um, but at the beginning of the book, there is this. Um, there's this uh family, the the husband's out of town, um, the mother is the mother's at home with her three children and a man breaks into their house and the and he murders the mother after I mean the, he he's like he's like talking to her and he's like here he's like, I'm gonna tell you a story and you don't find out what that is yet, but um and then he murders the mother and then they find out, um once the police are called to the scene that her 7-year-old daughter had been hiding under the bed in the in the same room as you know she's basically a witness to this murder but she's not talking so it's um so it, a lot of the a lot of the a lot of the focus of the investigation is trying to get her to open up and tell them you know what she saw and then you know when she does start to you know say things about what, you know, about who the person was, or what she saw, or what she remembered, it's quite the question is, you know, is this, did this really happen? Um, Or is she remembering this correctly? You know, can we take the word of this, you know, the seven year old um, in solving this murder? And it's, um, yeah, it's, it's got really, really heavy themes of if I mean, as of right now, (laughs) Like I said, I haven't gotten all the way through. There hasn't been violence done to the children, but if children in peril is something that you're not you're not real cool with, you may not want to. Uh, this this book might be might be one uh, that that you kind of maybe give a pass on, but. Um, but it's the psychologist who's who's working with the child and who's working in conjunction with the with the police force are trying to figure out obviously who this is, but then it becomes clear that the murderer is targeting other people as well, and so they have to figure out you know who he is. Um what i I really like about Ursa Sigurddar daughter is she. And not so much in this book, but in two of the other books that I've read by her. Um, one was a standalone called "I Remember You," and then the second one was part of her series called "The Silence of the Sea." Th- she has such a fantastically creepy way of writing. It's just ominous and foreboding, and you just you you just feel like there's this dark cloud on the on the horizon and you're not sure what it's what's going to happen, you're not sure what it's doing over there, but you know something, there's something brewing and there's something coming. And she just she just does that so well. Um and she she just makes these these characters interesting. She incorporates interesting, she incorporates unusual details into the story like with this one, um the story of the investigation is interspersed with Um, this character, he's in his early 20s. Um, He's, you know, kind of living at home, doesn't really have any ambition, but he really loves um, playing with uh, radios and playing with like short and long frequencies and picking up transmissions from other radio transmitters. and, um, And then he starts picking up what um, what he thinks are actually are random series of numbers from this from this random station, but then he realizes that the numbers that they're broadcasting are his. It's basically like the Icelandic version of a social security number, and he hears his social security number on there. And then he hears the, he and then he he picks up a couple of other numbers, and the second number that he hears is the security number of the woman who was murdered at the beginning of the book. <sighs> Yeah, yeah, I know. That's that's and so that that's interspersed with it too. And so you're like, okay, I have no idea how this how this is going to come together, but clearly this has something to do with it. And it's just such an unusual element to it that it it just keep it just keeps the story really interesting. Um I will also say with um with a previous book of hers that I read, I Remember You, that one is, it's like part murder mystery and part ghost story. And that book was so creepy. Like, I remember I read it when I was still living by myself in my own apartment. And I re- it was one of those books that I was like, I was reading it before bed, and I shouldn't have been. <laughs> because when I got ready to go to bed and start turning off the lights in the apartment, I was like, wait a minute, I don't want to turn off the lights because I don't know what's standing behind that door over there. And so I had to like strategically plan how I was going to turn off the lights in the apartment because I was afraid there was going to be, there was going to be some, some ghost hiding behind the door in my bedroom. Like it's, it takes a lot for, for a book to creep me out that badly. And she managed to do it. Um, so, she, so like I said, I've only read a couple of her books over the years. Um, like I said, this is the third one of hers that I've started, but she is, she just has she has such an intriguing writing style, and her stories and her characters are always interesting. And I know that no matter what the story is, she's always she's always going to surprise me. Um, so the so again, the one that I picked for this week was The Legacy by Ursa Sigurdardottir. It will be in the show notes. I'm not even going to try and spell it for you. (laughs) Um, But, uh, and again, this is, that's the first book in a series. um, So you don't have to worry about picking up any previous ones um, in order to get the hang of what's going on here.
0: Yeah. So one thing with um, sort of this topic that I kind of wanted to ask you about, Katie, um, is that do you find that reading like, crime fiction, or I guess sort of any mystery sort of situation in translation. Like, I'm gonna, maybe I should explain myself first. When I was reading, like, Stick Together, and I've noticed this while reading some other books in translation, or even just, like, mysteries and thrillers that take place in other countries, like, I find myself being really intrigued by the different ways that the police and the investigation is handled. Like yes. I feel like I'm so used to like the United States's way of like processing information, the way the police handle certain things, the way that like the court system handles things and stuff like that. And so every time I'm reading sort of like these books in translation, I'm, I'm always like so intrigued by like, oh wow, they handled these things so differently or they deal with these topics in specific ways or they even just like the process of getting a warrant to be able to do a thing is so different from the way we do it here in the United States.
1: Yes, I totally agree with that. And I've noticed that the most, when I've read um, Japanese crime novels in translation, um, a lot of that, although a lot of that's um, some of it's about the investigation. Like I think it was, uh, I think it might've been something in the devotion of suspect X by Keigo Higashino where they the way they were talking about like the police were talking about tracking down a suspect or finding someone like they they seemed very considerate of the of the potential suspect like oh we don't want to do this to him because of x y and z and it wasn't like oh because it's illegal or because of you know whatever they just seemed to have a much softer approach to um to the investigation part and with this one part of it might be because i just finished reading reading a couple of really brutal um and intense police procedurals but this one by comparison just seems so like i don't know it it is it it seems kind of like not unstructured but and part of it is that the the character who's leading the investigation he's not really not necessarily the best person for the job but it just seems it seems to not have the same sense of urgency or the same tightness that you that you find in like you know a ton of French novel or with some of these British police procedurals or an American police procedural um, there just there's there just seems to be lack of there seems to be like less less focus or less guidance with with this um but and there and i i can't remember specifics but there has been a part in the book where they're talking about yeah it was either getting a search warrant or doing something where they could in like where they could investigate the crime scene or something like that and there was there was a particular detail and again i can't remember specifics so of course it doesn't make this particularly interesting but i remember thinking oh wow that's that's different i haven't i haven't seen it done that way in in other crime novels
0: yeah i think that's part of the reason why i enjoy reading i mean in general i enjoy reading stuff in translation um but especially like mysteries and thrillers like i feel like that's a thing that feels so standard that like when you're reading stuff that comes from other countries, you're like, oh, these are there's so many different ways to sort of handle these situations or to um, look at these investigations or to just like, yeah, the steps that you would take in order to like find someone and prosecute them and things like that. Like there's so many more options out there that we sometimes realize.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I just I just think it, it makes the the whole it it just make it makes the, the whole the whole genre just just feel more more interesting. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So, um, before we get into our uh, our new release segment, I want to talk uh, mention our second sponsor, uh, which is Tear Me Apart by JT Ellison from Mira Books. Competitive skier Mindy Wright is a superstar in the making until a spectacular downhill crash threatens her racing career and her life. During surgery, doctors discover she has leukemia, and a stem cell transplant is her only hope. But when her parents are tested, a frightening truth emerges. Mindy is not their daughter. The race to save Mindy's life means unraveling years of lies. Was she accidentally switched at birth, or is there something more sinister at play? The search for the truth will tear a family apart, and someone is going to deadly extremes to protect the family's deepest secrets. So, this book is the follow-up to um, J.T. Ellison's critically acclaimed book, Lie to Me. Um, it's the powerful story of a mother willing to do anything to protect her daughter, even as their carefully constructed world unravels around them. Um, it's uh, We've got another psychological thriller um, – it's similar to our to our first sponsor, but uh, this this book should appeal to fans of Paula Hawkins, Mary Kubica, and Ruth Ware. Um, so, if this sounds like something that is up your alley, make sure to check out "Tear Me Apart" by J.T. Ellison. And we thank them very much for sponsoring the show.
0: All right. So I have our new releases for this episode. Um, I have two from that are already out and two that will be coming out very soon. Um, so the first one I have is Dim Sum of All Fears. This is A Cozy Mystery. It's part of the Noodle Shop Mystery Series by Vivian Chen. This one already came out on August 28th. Lana Lee is a dutiful daughter waiting tables at her family's Chinese restaurant, even though she'd rather be doing just about anything else. Then, just when she has a chance for a real job, her parents take off for Taiwan, leaving Lana in charge. Uh, But surprising everyone, including herself, she turns out to be extremely capable of running the place. However, the newlyweds who opened the souvenir store next door to the restaurant have turned up dead. And soon Lana finds herself in the middle of an Asian village mystery. Um, So between running the holy restaurant and trying to figure out whether the rock solid detective Adam Trudeau is actually her boyfriend, Lana knows she shouldn't pry into the case. But the more that she learns about the dead husband, his ex-wives, that's plural, and all the murky details of the couple's past, the more Lana thinks that this so-called murder slash suicide is straight up murder. Um, So Vivian Chen wrote the book. Death by Dumpling which came out I think last year. Um, So this is a cozy mystery series that is set around this Chinese restaurant. Um, It's one I've been wanting to check out. It just sounds like really cute fun cozy mystery. Um, So if you are a fan of cozy mystery series and you haven't checked this one out yet the first one again is called Death by Dumpling and book number two is out now and that is Dim Sum of All Fears. And then the next book that I have is No Strand Avenue by Kenji Jasper. And this one also came out on August 28th. So you can pick this one up right now. Jameson Kango Watts was once known as an invisible man, a quiet fixer who always got the job done with clean hands and cash in his pocket. Now he's living the quiet life in D.C., running a soul food restaurant and doing the occasional job to scratch his old itch. All that changes when Jelly, his old yoga teacher, blows into town with the ultimate score, one that will take Kengo first to London and then back to Brooklyn to face old enemies and ghosts from his past. After a rain of gunfire, Kengo's retirement ends and he's back in the game. Caught between a crew of arsonists who go after Brooklyn historical landmarks and flashbacks of his time with the love of his life he lost to his own demons, Kingo stands face to face with the forces that led him into exile, but there is still an enemy in New York that Kingo doesn't see and one who, after 15 years, has become the unexpected foe at the center of it all. And again, that's called No Strand Avenue by Kenji Jasper. All right. And then coming out September 4th is a new book by Sarah Pinnenborough. that's called Cross Her Eyes. Um, Sarah Pinnenborough wrote the book Behind Her Eyes. Oh, wow. I messed that up. Her new book is called Cross Her Heart. (laughs) Her previous book was called Behind Her Eyes. Man, these titles always mix them up. Um, So Lisa lives for her daughter, Ava, her job, and her best friend, Marilyn. But when a handsome client shows an interest in her, Lisa starts daydreaming about sharing her life with him too. Maybe she's ready now. Maybe she can trust again. Maybe it's time to let her terrifying secret past go. But when her daughter rescues a boy from drowning and their pictures are all over the news for everyone to see, Lisa's world explodes. As she finds everything she has built threatened and not knowing who she can trust, it's up to Lisa to face her past in order to save what she holds dear. But someone has been pulling all the strings and that someone is determined that both Lisa and Ava must suffer. Because long ago, Lisa broke a promise and some promises aren't meant to be broken. Uh, so again, that's Cross Her Heart by Sarah Pinneborough. That's one I have on my list just because Behind Her Eyes was so crazy that I'm just like, I need to read something else by this author to see what she does next or to see how it sort of holds up in comparison, so to speak. I totally agree. I loved Behind Her Eyes so much. Like I, I yeah, that's one where I was just like, holy cow. Like that was one that actually got a pretty strong reaction out of me. <laughs> Yeah, that one has an ending you do not see coming. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. All right. And then the final book that I have is The Frangipani Tree Mystery by Ovida Yu. And this is the first book in a new crime series that is set in 1930 Singapore and includes amateur sleuth Sue Lee, uh, a local girl stepping in as governess for the acting governor of Singapore. So 1936 in the Crown Colony of Singapore and the British abdication crisis and rising Japanese threats seem very far away. When the Irish nanny looking after acting Governor Pat Palin's daughter dies suddenly and in mysterious circumstances, mission school-educated local girl Sue Lin, an inspiring journalist trying to escape and arrange marriage, is invited to take her place. But then another murder at the residence occurs, and it seems very likely that a killer is stalking the corridors of the government house. It now takes all Sue traditional skills and intelligence to help British-born Chief Inspector Thomas LaFroy solve the murders and escape with her own life. So again, that's The Frangipani Tree Mystery by Ovida Yu. This is the first in the series. It sounds really interesting and sounds super unique. I don't think I've ever read anything set in 1930 Singapore personally, um, like ever. So I'm very much like have this one on my list too to try to check out because this sounds like a good one for when you're looking for a slightly lighter mystery. Yeah. And like you said, something was totally different. Because
1: um, yeah, I, I know I have not read any books set in... I've. I don't know if I've read any books set in Singapore, actually. Um, at least not. Have you least read not the crazy that... rich Asians. Because <laughs> <laughs> not yet. That that one's that one's on my list and it's sitting on my shelf. Oh boy! All right. Well, let me. Um, I'll go. I'll go into what I've what I've been reading lately. Um, so I mentioned earlier that my reading that my reading choices of late have been pretty dark, and I know last. Last episode, I talked about finishing Birdman by Mo Hader and that I had started the second book in the series, The Treatment, and that I was part of the way through. I wasn't sure if I was going to continue or not. I did finish it, Take, take all the trigger warnings from Birdman and like double them for the treatment. It was so, I mean, it was incredibly well written but oh my gosh the i i can't even i can't even go into details about this book because it was so brutal and so and just so intense and i mean that's i feel like if that's coming from me this was the that was the book that that i had to sit back and go oh my gosh like like i'm compelled to find out what happened in the story but this is just so horrifying like i have to question what i'm doing here um so i it, it involves a it involves a, um, a family that is uh, there's a home invasion um, there's a family that is basically tied up and tortured and then uh, and then the the child goes in, in the family goes missing um, and that's yeah that's really about all the details I can I can give um, without Going into into some of the the intense details with that one, um, I will. I think I need to take a break from reading some of her books. I did not jump immediately into the third one. I, I took a step back and said, "Oh my gosh, I need to, I need to find something lighter because this this book made me want to like scrub my my brain out with bleach." Um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was a compelling mystery, but very 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 dark. Um, At the same time, I also reread In the Woods by Donna French, which I don't need to go into detail about because we've already talked about it a billion and one times. Um, I I actually, even though I've read this book so many times, I actually stayed up late past my bedtime to finish the book, even though I knew exactly how it ended. But her writing is so compelling that, yes, I I missed a bedtime because I had to finish the book. (laughs) And that's talent. That's true talent. Um... And after after I finished um, the treatment on audio, I picked up um, a new audio book, slightly lighter, called "Lady Killers: Deadly Women Throughout History" by Tori Telfer, which is really interesting. It's um, each chapter talks about a different female serial killer from a different point, uh, place, and time in history. Um, some going, you know, all the way back to you know like medieval Hungary to World War One era Egypt to 1950s America. And I, for most of these, for most of these, these, uh, women, I, I'd never heard of them before. So you get, you know, you get kind of a brief, um, a brief overview of, you know, their, their crimes, um, the people that they killed, but it also, um, it also goes into um, it takes a look at how how their their communities reacted to their crimes, how they were portrayed in the media, um, you know how how people reacted to them, and then takes a look at like you know what that says about the role of women throughout history and how we perceive crime and death and how we perceive women and how these these different perceptions are just don't are not compatible, and so that changes how we how we perceive the perceive these crimes. And it's really interesting. It's, it's like feminist true crime. Um, and so I'm about, I think I'm, I'm almost finished with the third disc on that one. So I'm about a third of the way through. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really interesting. Um, so I'm, uh, and it's, it's really engaging. Um, it's, it's not just, you know, some, like some of these like encyclopedia style books where it talks about these, you know, talks about these people and their crimes. It's it's got a very engaging narrative flow to it. I'm real, I'm really enjoying it. Um, so that's called "Lady Killers: Deadly Women Throughout History" by Tori Telfer. And then I really need I need to find something. It's a good a good novel written by an author of color because my, my reading the last month or so has been predominantly white, and I just I I I need I need to break from that. So I'll be I'll be specifically seeking that out over the next few days. Um, maybe something something a little bit lighter. Maybe the uh, uh, is it Vasim Khan with the baby Ganesh? Yeah. Uh, yeah, with the baby elephants. Baby elephants. I think I might need some baby elephants in my life.
0: I mean, who doesn't?
1: I know, really. Um, but I know I have the first one on my shelf here. So I'm, I might pick that up in the in the,
0: uh, in the next few days. All right. Um, so I have finished one other book since uh, the last episode. It's the one I mentioned last time, and that's Follow Her Home by Steph Cha. This is one I have complicated feelings about. So this might, I apologize if this becomes a little bit ranty. Um, so this is the debut novel from Steph Cha. And I had heard pretty good things about it. Like This is sort of like, LA noir mystery fiction. Um, You're following this character named Juniper Song, who is basically an amateur sleuth. And she gets asked by like one of her best friends to look into a possible affair that his father could be having with one of their co-workers or with a younger employee. And so Juniper basically takes this as an opportunity to pretend to be a detective. And she, like, drives this girl home from a party, and then um, as she's, like, about to leave the apartment, she notices, a, like, a slightly suspicious-looking um, car on the street. And so she, like, goes up to it and starts looking at it, and then she gets, like, knocked out. Um, and then she, like, wakes up the next morning on a park bench, and she doesn't really know, like, how she got there or anything like that. And so it becomes clear that, like, there's more happening with this girl and this r- potential relationship and whatnot um, than originally they thought was going on. And so um yeah, like I finished like I'm the type of person where if I'm not enjoying a book, I'll just DNF it and I have no problem doing that. This is a book that intrigued me enough that I needed to know how it ended. So It isn't like it's a bad book, but it has like a lot of little quirks that like really bothered me. Um, One of the things is that the main character in this story, Juniper Song, is obsessed with Philip Marlowe and Raymond Chandler, but specifically Philip Marlowe. And throughout the book, she's constantly making comparisons between herself and Philip Marlowe or the situation that she's in and the situations that Philip Marlowe would be in. If you had turned this book into a drinking game and did a shot every time she mentioned Philip Marlowe, you would have died because <laughs> it happens so often. Okay, it's like, yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like in the beginning, it makes sense. Like she's talking about how much she loves Noir and how she like looks up to him and like it makes sense in the beginning, but the um, it just kept going. It felt like the beginning of every chapter definitely had a comparison to Philip Marlowe. And then in the middle of chapters throughout, there were comparisons to Philip Marlowe. And like for a book that's like just barely 300 pages or right around 300 pages, that's way too much. Um, The other thing that I had a problem with, which is might just be a me thing. And like with amateur detective novels is that the entire time I kept wanting to scream at them and just be like, just call the cops. (laughs) Like, you're not an actual detective. There comes a point where you need to call the police. Like, she puts herself in such terrible harm's way and i'm just like you don't know what you're doing you are like she's not even someone who's like had previous experience like being a detective like in my head i kept picturing this character as being a very like veronica marsy type of person because like she does get a little bit snarky sometimes and like she's she has her moments where she's like smart and clever and like trying to figure out what's going on but to me like the line that was drawn is that like at least veronica mars is like the daughter of a former sheriff and now private investigator and has worked in her dad's private investigation office. So she has like some awareness of like what's happening when you're a a private investigator. This was basically like if I decided to become a private investigator and just put myself in this terrible like case where there are where like literally within the first like 12 hours of you getting this case you get knocked out and then like something else major happens within like that chapter that I don't want to say because I don't know spoilers and and after that point I was like why haven't you called the police like at that point you've like crossed the line where there should be professionals involved. (laughs) So (laughs) I kept getting very frustrated over that fact as well. So all that to say, I don't think that this was a terrible book, but I think it has like quirks that really bothered me. But... The second book in this series has like a four star rating on Goodreads, which is very high for Goodreads, while this one has like a three point something. So I'm kind of intrigued enough to kind of check out the second book in the series to see how it continues on and if there's like significant improvement in the second book. Because just like based on a quick glance, it seems like there were like a handful of people who had like similar problems as i did uh with this first book but then like in the second book if you like look at the reviews it feels like they're all pretty much just like this book is amazing and there's even like reviews of people who had like read the second and third books in the series and then came back to the first one and they're all like this book does not compare to the second and third book so yeah i think i might continue on with the series at some point but we'll see what happens so what you're
1: telling me is that i will not have to talk you out of an amateur detective career (laughs)
0: Oh, yeah. No, I am way too much of a scaredy cat that as soon as I see like if I had seen a suspicious car on the street, I would have just like driven away and hoped it wasn't following me. (laughs) Like, I would be like as much as I when I was a little kid, as much as I wanted to be Harriet the Spy as an adult, I realized how, how terrible it is to be a detective or at least how dangerous it is. All right. And then in terms of what I'm going to be reading, um, I'm not really sure. The book I'm leaning towards right now is called The Night Visitor by Lucy Atkins. This is another book that was sent to me. I think it's also published by Quirkus. I swear they're not just like paying me to talk about their books. But um, they did send me a copy of this book and it seems really interesting. And it's one that they sent to me as a hardcover and I hate lugging around hardcover. So I'm like, oh, three day weekend. Maybe this will be a good opportunity because it's a little bit of a chunker. Um, This is looks like it's sort of like a noir thriller uh, type of book. It follows this uh, professor who's like a really um, successful historian and, you know, she's married and has kids and she's about to publish like her first book that seems like it could potentially be like a really big hit. Um, But Apparently, like, some of, something has happened with the way that she obtained information for her book that seems really suspicious. And there's only, like, one other person who knows what happened. And it's um, their housekeeper named Vivian, who's, like, this awkward 60-year-old woman. Um, and she somehow got involved in the research that she was doing for the book or something along those lines. And then, like, something happened. So it seems like part domestic suspense, part just general noir mystery. Like, I don't know, like the summary itself is very vague about what exactly happened. So it's like piquing my interest and the way people describe it, like everyone says it's very like um, creepy and yeah, just suspenseful and things like that. So I think that might be the one I pick up next. Sounds interesting. Never heard of that one. Yeah. Again, this is like, I think it's a relatively new to the US small publisher. So like they keep sending me books. And not all of them sound amazing, I will admit. Uh, But some of the ones that are piquing my interest, I'm like, oh, this is like very, very unique and just like sort of catching my attention. So yeah, we'll see. All right. So that's our show. Thanks so much to everyone for listening. Uh, for show notes, you can head over to bookriot.com at slash listen. And there you can click on the Red or Dead page. We'll have links to all of the books that we talked about in this episode, as well as links to the news stories. Um, and we'll also have a link to the fall reader survey. So be sure to check that out if you get a chance. Um, otherwise, if you enjoyed this podcast, definitely leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Um, it really helps us out. In terms of other people discovering us Um, if you want to send us feedback whether it's future episode ideas or just general questions that you have for us or general comments that you have for us maybe recommend a women in translation mystery thriller suspense writer that you have been enjoying lately we would definitely check that like enjoy those recommendations as well um you can send an email to redderdead at bookriot.com otherwise you can find me on twitter and instagram i am at rincey a and i'm on twitter at kt underscore library lady and we will talk to you guys again soon bye bye